traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, welcome to this um, relatively slow news day. And I mean that. I know what happened last night. It's actually a relatively slow news day. Um, the entire indictment is uh, is phony, is fake. It's not worth the paper it's written on. It is a, um, it's a joke. It's just it's just a joke. I got that not from some guy, not from some blog. I got that from Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, the Harvard law professor, dismissed this thing as the outright uh, corrupt document that it is. This is the latest attempt to get Trump. You know, there's a more legitimate news story out there that I'm more interested, quite frankly, in this at this point um, in the whale that washed up on the beach. I mean, that actually happened. This stuff in this indictment, um, even the stuff that happened is not criminal. There are paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs and charges about Rudy Giuliani. Who's going to be here later on? What an honor, huh? I love it. He should wear this indictment as a badge of honor. That's what it is. Uh, that he left voicemails for somebody. Not what he said on the voicemail, mind you. It's not like he left a, a dirty message. It's not like he told somebody to kill somebody. It's not like he told, he actually didn't tell him to do anything. He said, do me a favor. I want to talk to you about the election. And they said that was in furtherance of a conspiracy. The actual, the, the, I have the voicemails, and we will listen to them. And you tell me, this is not a crime. The guy is the most innocent guy in the world. Now, a couple of good news um, uh, bits here. This trial, uh, can't believe, can't believe it. Poor guy. And, and not only Trump, you know, a lot of other people who don't, or not rich, are going to have to go up against the Fulton County DA, and they got a lot of money slushing around, and all the time in the world, they don't care about crime. So they're going to be prosecuting people like, um, you know, Joe Blow down there uh, from Winnet, Georgia. Why? Uh, you know, because he wanted to do the right thing, because he had doubts about the election. It's still legal to have doubts about the election. I have doubts about the election. I may call somebody and leave a voicemail about it. Is that a crime? Well, arguably, according to these people, it is. Are, you, are we crazy or what? You know, all right, so the trial, this trial cannot take place until the earliest, like 2025. It's too big. It's too complex. That idiot DA said she wants to try everybody together, 19 defendants, all at the same time in six months. Now, the only time I've ever seen 19 uh, defendants tried at the same time was for the assassination of um, uh, Anwar Sadat in Egypt. They had 19 guys in a big cage, and they brought that cage into the courtroom. They're all sitting there. They do that, that kind of thing in Egypt. You don't do it in America. I, I, I get uh, maybe up until now, maybe up until right now. Uh, do we know when he's going to? Does he? Ha- he has to turn himself in again, as if this is going to shock anybody anymore. This is just background noise, folks. And you know who's panicking? Democrats. The Democrats who came up with this scheme to lock up President Trump because they can't believe 
that what is happening is happening. And what's happening? President Trump is 40 points ahead in the polls. President Trump is beating Joe Biden consistently in many polls. They did not imagine that. No way. They thought the moment they indict him, well, that's it. That's it. They have influenced the next election. They destroyed the next election. There's no way Trump could survive that. Huh? Now, what is their plan B? I actually, I don't think they had a plan B. I'm a little bit worried about what they're going to come up with for the plan B. I mean, these people, what, what would they not do? What would they not do to get Trump? All of this stuff they're doing is far more dangerous than anything that happened on January 6th. All right, January 6th. Remember, they cleaned up January 6th in about 20 minutes. 20 minutes later, they were up and running. Look at the Capitol, still standing there, a couple of broken windows. I hate that big lie they tell us, oh, it was the worst attack on the Capitol since 1812. No, it was not. We've had congressmen shot. We've had Capitol Hill police officers shot and killed. We've had bombs go off inside the Capitol. You know, those people running around, and for whatever reason, somebody left the doors open. Hey, I, a lot of people are telling me, hey, you got to watch the chief son. Chief son's making a lot of good points. And you know what? Don't buy everything that chief son is saying. Chief son, in my opinion, did not use adequately the resources he had under his control. I know he wanted this. He wanted that. He wasn't told this. He wasn't told that. Oh, he's the last to know. Well, what kind of chief is that? Hey, you're the chief of police. Kick some ass and make things happen. Not everybody's going to come and show you stuff. You got to fight. You got to fight. Beg, borrow, and steal sometimes to make things happen in this world. Well, the FBI never told me. No, I never found out. Well, did the FBI prevent you from putting uh, more than one cop in the Freedom Plaza, that main approach to the Capitol? You put one guy there for some reason, and you had a lot of people off duty at the time. You had a lot of people off duty. Chief Sund, I'm sorry, you seem like a great guy, but that's on you. A lot of this is on you. Well, the FBI never told me. Well, that's what the FBI does. They hog stuff. Everybody knows that about them. They're not to be trusted. Kick some ass. Hey, I'm the Capitol Hill police officer. Make some noise. Make some noise ahead of time. Yeah, yeah this guy had all this stuff on order right around the corner. Everything was going to start happening. He had, uh, anyway. All right, so um, you want to hear the most damning stuff? You want to hear something really damning? Um Rudy Giuliani, voicemails. Now, let me see here. This is uh, on page 20. It's actually in the document here. Uh, 98 pages long. A lot of it is, well, it's all junk. Okay. Act 12. On or about the 27th day of November 2020, Rudolph William Louis Giuliani. Hey, I never knew that about his middle name. Did you? <laughs> William Louis Giuliani. Uh, placed a telephone call to the Speaker of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, Brian Cutler, and left Cutler a voicemail message for the purpose of soliciting, requesting, and importuning him to unlawfully appoint presidential electors from Pennsylvania. This was an act, uh, overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Now, all he did was leave him a voicemail message. And um, uh, Fanny Willis does not know, refuses to know, maybe she couldn't comprehend... But she doesn't know what she's talking about regarding electors, okay? She does not know. And there's all kinds of stuff that people have ignored or not telling you. Alternate electors are submitted every four years. Every four years. It's been happening since the beginning, since we came up with electoral votes. So forget that. 
this guy is in trouble for leaving a voicemail message, and I got the voicemail message. Uh, let's see here. It's introduced by this investigator, this overly dramatic investigator, and then you'll hear Rudy's voice. Okay, ready? Uh, let's see, which one is this? This uh, You got it handy? It's at the bottom, I think. Uh, yeah, cut 21. Another legislator, Pennsylvania House Speaker Brian Cutler, received daily voicemails from Trump's lawyers in the last week of November. Mr. Speaker, this is Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. We're calling you together because we'd like to discuss, obviously, the election. Hello, Mr. Speaker. Uh, this is Jenna Ellis, and I'm here with Mayor uh, Giuliani. Hey, Brian, it's Rudy. I really have something important to call to your attention that I think really changes things. Cutler felt that the outreach was inappropriate and asked his lawyers to tell Rudy Giuliani to stop calling. But Giuliani continued to reach out. Oh, my God. I understand that you don't want to talk to me now. I just want to bring some facts to your attention and talk to you as a fellow Republican. On December 30th. All right. Stop for a second. Is that wild or what? Those are totally friendly voicemail messages. I mean, uh, he he called when he told his lawyers. Why didn't he call him back himself? He could have left a voicemail. Right. He could have left a voicemail. He could have texted Rudy. Don't call me. What difference does it make? People call. I get my phone rings all the time with people I don't want to talk to. It's no big deal. <laughs> spam callers. Right. Should we have a federal case into the spam? I mean, look at this. I'm looking at Act 10, Act 11, Act 12. Every time he picked up the phone. I'm not kidding. Every time. Jesus. <laughs> Act 10. Honor about 26. November 2020, Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani and Jenna Lynn Ellis placed a telephone call to the Speaker of Pennsylvania, Brian Cutler, and left a voicemail for the purpose of purposes of soliciting, requesting, or importuning him. This was an overt act of conspiracy. Act 11, on or about the 26th day of November, he calls him again. He's just leaving voicemails. And it's a, wow, talk about, I know it's not state, but making a federal case out of voicemails. And that goes on for pages. Pages. Oh my God! I next <laughs> on or about the twenty eighth day, Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani placed a telephone call to Brian Cutler, left the voicemail message. That's an act of criminality. They say Act sixteen. Every time he picks up the phone, it's an act of criminality. Can you go back to that? And the guy he's trying to talk to is such a wimp. Brian Cutler is his name. I'd like to know more about this guy. He's the speaker or was the speaker of the House of Representatives in Pennsylvania. Get over yourself, pal. All right. Just get over yourself. Listen to this guy. Go ahead. I understand that you don't want to talk to me now. I just want to bring some facts to your attention and talk to you as a fellow Republican. On December 30th, Trump ally Steve Bannon announced a protest at Cutler's home. We're getting on the road, and we're going down to Cutler. We're going to start going to offices, and if we have to, we're going to go to homes, and we're going to let them know what we think about them. There were multiple protests. I actually don't remember the exact number. Stop for a second. You know, I'm sorry, but we're allowed to do this stuff. We are allowed to go outside, uh, pick, what's his name, Cutler here, the speaker. He's not a Supreme Court justice. There's no law that says you can't go to their house. I've had people outside my house that I didn't want. I've had pro- my father has had that before. I mean, sorry, you, you choose a certain life. It might just happen. We have it's the First Amendment. We have the right to assemble peaceably in public to air our grievances with the government. And you guys still can't do a damn thing about it. 
You can't. It's it's the Constitution you're freaking playing with here. And this guy, Cutler, who gets a voicemail from Rudy Giuliani and then wets his pants. <laughs> this is a victim of a crime. Listen, to, listen to him complain. Oh, my gosh, my 50. <laughs> he had to disconnect his landline, he says. Oh, my God. Keep going. That number, uh, there was at least three, I think, um, outside either my district office or my home. Um, and you're correct. My son, my then 15-year-old son, was home by himself for the first one. All of my personal information was doxed online. Uh, it was my personal email, my personal cell phone, my home phone number. Uh, in fact, we had to disconnect our home phone for about three days because it would ring all hours of the night uh, and what the hell are you doing with the landline to begin with? Nobody has those anymore. You had to disconnect it. Okay, fine. Call off all of our concerns and doubts about the election. Brian Cutler is getting a phone call. <laughs> uh, yes, all right. So you see how how ludicrous this is. It's kind of funny. And I am wondering what they're going to do, what they're going to do next. What do you think, huh? All right, let me hear a little bit more of this wimp. Would fill up with messages. Brian Cutler, we're outside. Clerks facing felony charges in Michigan. What's this? Poll watchers denied access. These ads were another element in the effort. The Trump campaign spent millions of dollars running ads online and on television. The evidence is overwhelming. We're allowed to do Call that. Call your governor and legislators. Demand they inspect the machines and hear the evidence. You got to. You got. This is criminal behavior. This is not allowed. You can't call your governor. You can't call your representative. You can't ask for stuff. This is the essence of democracy. You're all <laughs> anyway. It's all blowing up in their faces. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Well, this one will get punted. There's no way. It's so. It's so ridiculous. It's so over the top. It's so broad. The RICO statute. They totally uh, got ahead of themselves here. Um, and it's all over the place. It's a mess. It's a total mess. This is not going to go to trial. It can't. It can't next year. I can't believe we've got to talk like this. I don't know what's going to happen, but something beautiful is going to happen. And we're going to be great. It's going to be wild, but we're going to be great. I'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's background noise. It's just background noise, this stuff. We're used to it. They jumped the shark, as that Howard Stern guy said, jumped the shark like Fonzie did a long time ago. They outdid themselves. Nothing shocks us anymore. And we're okay. We're okay. Uh, we know Trump is okay. This is going to somehow, somehow work out. I know. Some people say I'm too optimistic, but, um, I just, I, there's no way that these thugs are going to stop this unbelievable <laughs> force that is Donald Trump. You look at Fannie Willis and Letitia James and, uh, Jack Smith and Merrick Garland and Biden. 
Uh, no, no, no. And all the stuff that they support, all this, you know, this really shouldn't be happening, but a lot of things shouldn't be happening. And when you think about what shouldn't be happening, it kind of somehow makes this a bit more like, okay, if that's happening, yeah, something as weird as this could happen. For instance, the Democrat Party, Joe Biden, thinks it's a good idea to have drag queens hanging around kids in school, that that's somehow a civil rights issue, and that children should have the right to change their sexuality as children without informing the parents, no parental notification, uh, that uh, pornography is allowed, should be allowed, in middle school and elementary school libraries. This is insanity. This is the stuff they stand for. When Donald, when um, when Joe Biden gets up there and says, to every trans youth in America, I have your back, that's what they're talking about. That's code for those policies. You know, for Leah Thomas, the boy playing on the girls' team, Right. And beating all the girls. It's uh, so that stuff leads to something like this in that world. This kind of in in a bizarro sense makes sense Um, for us, for people who have like, you know, values that we hope comport with what God wants us to do and wants us to live. I know we all fall short. I have fallen short, but. You know, there's certain there there are certain principles that we know. At least we know when we're failing. We know when we're doing wrong. Um, that world has not really changed all that much over the past several decades, and uh, we've been thrown up for a loop or two. But that world is still relatively the same. You know, Republicans from 1980 could recognize, I think, Republicans from today. Has it gotten a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit rough around the edges? Sure. But overall, you know, this is we're into traditions like traditions of Western civilization, civilization this is the way civilized people behave. Right. We're all for that. You know, last night I hear I heard a lot of people talking about, well, how do we appeal to folks in the middle? What about the people in the middle? Yeah, I'm MAGA. I'm Make America Great Again totally. And I, I don't know anybody who supports Trump more than me. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I like, I love the guy. I love the policies. I love the style. Some people say they're freaked out by the tweet, all of it. But at the same time, I kind of consider myself middle of the road. I mean, since when is having a border, a secure border, uh, a right wing extremist policy? That's not that's not even what do they say xenophobic. There's nothing xenophobic about that. When was it extremist to say we should judge people like Martin Luther King said by the the content of our character, not the color of our skin? These are basic principles. And yeah, I think MAGA is very basic and traditional and good and American. And the other side, sorry. And if you're in the middle right now, that's a real weird place to be. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh, hey, I found something. Um, I couldn't get to it yesterday because of all the indictment stuff, but this is uh, pretty interesting. The Montgomery big brawl on the dock, that's uh, that's not over yet. Uh, that's not over. You know about the guy with the chair. He had to turn himself in disorderly conduct. I think attempted murder would be a more appropriate uh, result here. Now, let's talk for a minute. I don't like talking like this, okay? But the whole damn country is talking about this. Uh, the, the fight seemed to break down along racial lines. And, uh, okay, let's just take that very simplistic 
um, interpretation. Let's take it at face value for a moment. Uh, if you watch the, all of the violence, and I think I've seen it from every single angle that exists, there's lots of video content here. Um, and I'm discovering this stuff usually in the bathtub. I actually like to look at social media while I'm in the bath and, uh, I have to take a bath because I get very, very sore. Strangely enough, I don't know what's going on. Arthur, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I find myself in pain in the morning and I have to take a bath. And that's when I look at my social media and I saw all this stuff in my bathtub. Now this, I actually missed. Um, well, one thing I did see that poor woman in the red dress who got hit in the head with the chair. And at one point, two people are kicking and punching her and she had, she didn't do anything wrong. She was trying to break up fights. Well, I saw another example of that. So if you watch the whole damn thing, there is a lot. Now I will point out. Okay. Again, along racial lines that the white guy who took off the shirt, he started the damn thing and went after the, the black guy who was the boat captain, right? He started it. But you know, let's be real here. Fights start all the time and. Somebody usually throws the first punch and, you know, just because it's five against one does not make it the international news story that this thing became. Now, you throw race in the equation and uh, this had for the media, this is catnip, as they say, because it was, well, it wasn't white on white. It wasn't black on black. Um, the assailant wasn't black. The victim wasn't white. This was the this was the perfect situation for the media because the assailant, the perceived assailant was white and the victim was black. Oh, boy. Everybody feels on solid ground when those parameters, when those conditions are are met. So those big, dumb, empty-headed, airhead anchors on TV can uh, wag their fingers and say how horrible it all is and – and uh, people in the newsroom who write for the New York Times, they can show how, uh, you know, sm- like the smugly virtuous they are. Look at me as a white person and look at how I am decrying the behavior of the white people. Oh, my goodness gracious. I am so good. I am so powerful and secure. And I am going to, you know, all that nonsense. Forget about all that for a second. Um, there's a lull in the violence. There is a lull. And then about 14 black guys come down the dock, and uh, at one point they are beating up on one white guy, all right? And they're pounding the hell out of him, and I think his girlfriend shows up, and I'm looking at it right now. She shows She's new to all this stuff, and she's coming down a ramp, and she comes. You can see she's startled. She's like, what's going on? Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, and then she comes running down, and she doesn't – it looks like she's trying to break it up. And what happens to her? No one's talking about her. She looks like she's about 30. She happens to be white. She's wearing a nice white dress appropriate for the summer. What happens to her? Two people who happen to be black uh, grab her, punch her, kick her, start pulling her by the hair, and they throw her in the water. What? 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 The beating that this person got, that the woman in the red dress got, is a hell of a lot worse than anything that happened to that boat captain. Sorry, but but it is. And in a world that is so blind, that is so weird, even Fox News Channel, they will send a reporter all the way to Montgomery to 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 report the story. But what do they do? You ever notice? They stand in front of, uh, you know, the skyline or they stand in front of something in the background and all they do is look on their phone and look at the same videos you and I are looking at. And you can do that in the bathtub. All right. They get there, you know, 36 hours after the scene happened. Um, but they don't feel comfortable pointing out what I just pointed out. 
because they got all these weird hangups and they got to figure out, okay, uh, what am I supposed to say and what's permissible for me to say and, all right, how do I not offend anybody and, uh, how do I keep this job with an, uh, but I don't want to. Uh, 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 and then they just take the easy way out, which is the prevailing narrative. White people, bad. Black people, good. Right. Now, that's ridiculous. Everybody knows that life is complicated and different. And there's good and bad in everybody. There's just I mean, <laughs> life is complicated. But the media, they're um, they're not so complicated. They're, they're They're simpletons. They're very simple. And they want to keep their jobs. And I understand everybody wants to keep their jobs, but I, I gotta tell you, I think that's a weak way to keep the job is to figure out what the woke mob, cause the woke mob is not watching Fox News. They just, they just want to, they're waiting for the moment where they can be offended. And they'll, they'll comment on that. You know, they have websites that look at these news channels all the time. Then they find something that they think is offensive and then they put it online and then everybody lose their, loses their minds. That's what they live in fear of. They're, they live in fear of that happening. And then also they're, they live in fear of, of MAGA, of Make America Great Again. Um, at Fox, they do because <laughs> they don't believe anything over there. As, a couple of people do, a couple of good people there, but most are just vain and in it for the money. And, you know, look, and all right, am I sounding too mean? Maybe I am, but I should leave that. Eh, what? Screw it. Screw it. They put gasoline on a fire. They put gas, and that place was invented to provide context and perspective and not do what everybody else in the media does. Roger Ailes, a genius. You know what they say? He was a genius. He discovered a niche market, a niche market. What is that niche market? Half the country. (laughs) He did a great thing. He did a great, great thing, and they lied about him. Oh, boy, did they lie about him, especially that Gretchen Carlson. Ooh, what an evil person. But uh, she's kind of gotten hers. I think God notices everything, sees everything, is taking notes and, uh, you know, doesn't have to take notes. He remembers everything. But, you know, the the Miss America stuff and, you know, the way she's been portrayed in the movies and, uh, you know, people know about her. That was a terrible thing, terrible thing that happened. And uh, he was so that was so unfair. And uh, may he rest in peace. Great man. A great man. Uh, uh, hi, Sandra. I'm sorry I didn't get to you yesterday. Hello. Oh, hi, Greg. Um, Greg, look, if Donald Trump or Giuliani or any of these people go to jail, that's it. First of all, I don't think we we even know how to handle such a travesty. I mean, psychologically, I think I go insane. But, but here's what I want to say. We have to take an action, just like they had their plans. We have to have a plan, too. So this is what I thought of, and it's just a thought, but we have buying power. You know how we did it with with the beer, Bud Light, how that went down the tubes? We could do that with every company that stands for woke. We can make a list on your show at night of all the companies to shop for and ones not to. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but... We you know what? I mean, really... that's basically everybody. You know, boycotts basically don't work. They basically, they've looked at this. They've studied it. They don't work. Even the Bud Light thing, they don't, they don't really work. I mean, that's not something I'm going to do at, at this moment in time. You know, I could if I wanted to. It's low hanging fruit. You know, one of my favorite foods is Fritos. 
right? And I went to the website and like most of corporate America, you know, they got the Black Lives Matter thing and they got this new space for black artists. I mean, what the hell do black artists or any artists have to do with Fritos, right? What do they have to do with corn chips? You know, I could be offended by that. And quite frankly, I am offended by that. And it, it saddens me and it's weird. Uh, I just can't spend my time doing that. And I can't tie that into, you know, if I stop eating Fritos, somebody else is. I don't think that's going to work. I, I just can't, you know, they're not the direct culprits here. Would you agree? They're not the ones. They're not the DAs. They're not. I can't, I'm not going to take it out on them. I kinda so what want, do we do? Well, number what? one, I mean, look. You can have faith. You can pray. You can write letters. I've been telling you that before. Sandra, have you written any letters? I made phone calls. I told you about this. It's a There's a big difference between letters and phone calls. People pick up the phone and they think it's like customer service and people are supposed to jump to. Once you hang up that phone, nothing exists. There is no record of your call. It's, it evaporates. Same with social media, although social media is important. You gotta take out your, I'm surprised. You watch the show, you listen to the show. I've been telling everybody, you gotta write a letter. Write a letter to this Fannie Willis. Write a letter to the governor of Georgia. Write a letter to the Supreme Court. Write letters. It's the power of the pen. Barbara would t- tell you that. I'm a little, I made phone calls. That doesn't cut it. You know, they put, they put you through a, to the voicemail. They, 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 the, the, the intern answers the phone. Nobody takes those phone calls seriously. Don't call that. Don't do that. Write the letter. Okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yes. Gandhi went to jail. I mean, God forbid he goes to jail. He could still win. You could constitutionally be elected president even if you're in jail. Even if you're in jail. I'm just saying, I'm, I guess I'm preparing myself. It's not the end of the world if he goes to jail. It's not the end of the, I mean, it shouldn't happen. It won't happen. But part of me is like, you know what? I don't know. Right. If it happens, it. Ha- I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'm still going to vote for him. I mean, I am. And you know what? He could possibly rule. Could he? it's not going to come to that. The Supreme Court has a role here, and I think they're going to do the right thing. Um, Alan Dershowitz spelled it out for me. There's a way, there's a method. Mark Levin has been talking about it, certainly on the federal charges. And this thing with the the state stuff, this could be punted to 2025. And somebody said, I, I don't like it, but I heard somebody recently say he could plead down the documents case to something very, very minor. And not do any jail and, and no big deal. And, so, and you know, every now and then somebody's got to take a plea. You do that. I under, doesn't mean you're guilty. It means you want this thing to go away. It's like settling something. Maybe that's it. So don't get too discouraged, all right? Hang in there. I want to make one more comment. You interviewed Rob Blavajevich on your podcast. My husband and I listened to it going home one night. You ought to have him on your show because he talks about jail. He talks about Trump that he loves. What do you I, think I, of that for? I, I, I've had him on the show and uh, Lagoyevich. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Sandra. I mean, you ought to have a guest you've already had on the show. I've uh, I had. I love that guy. Did you hear the story about how he met Trump? It's amazing. He yes. he met Trump in a, at a baseball game in Chicago. He's the governor. Donald Trump at the time is not. The um, is is not president. He's just the celebrity apprentice host, and it's Governor Blagojevich, Governor Blagojevich, and he has like ten state troopers giving him security, and they bring him on a special elevator to bring him out of the Kaminsky Park, I guess it's called, or Wrigley Field, or one of those places. And Trump is there, 
and the guard moves to keep Trump off the elevator, and Blagojevich is, no, 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 please, uh, Donald Trump, come on in, come on in, come, come with us. And he thinks to this day, what would have happened if he says, if he just gave him the brush off? Blagojevich received a pardon from Donald Trump, and it was well-deserved. Thank you, uh, Sandra, very much. Where is Rudy Giuliani today? Is he coming in? Is he coming in? I can't wait to see him. I mean, um, uh, he's in this indictment. He's got to turn himself in, but he's a happy, he's happy. He's on top of his game and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You know, sometimes they go on and on about that press conference. Remember, I don't even remember because I was listening to it. I was listening to it in a cab. The famous press conference with Jenna and uh, the, the Jenna, the Geneva, Joe DeGeneva. And I guess there was some sort of thing coming down his face. It was no big deal. But that's all anybody looked at, all anybody talked about. I was focused on what he was saying. And it was dynamite stuff. Well, they were never able to substantiate. Well, <laughs> that's actually not true. You know, the whole damn culture, all of society said it's over. Um. The powers that be, if you will, uh, the managers of this country. But it wasn't over, and we had a right. And you know what? It's very, very tough to do these things on your own. Bernie Carrick is out there doing this stuff. No budget, no staff. That doesn't mean he was wrong. Not at all. Hey, Sal, what's up? Hello, Greg. Greg, I just want to tell you concerning this thing about protesting. I think I think we should we should we should write letters. Uh, parents should should write letters to school boards. They should protest more to the to, uh, about the education because education is the foundation of the mental and, and educational cultural development of the nation. We've degenerated so much over the years, and that's because of the the, the, the degeneration of our educational system in this country. We're, we're taught that. We're no longer an exceptional country, that we're just another country. We're not even taught about uh, how great George Washington was. We're taught that we're taught that the, a, that Abraham Lincoln was 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 this some some sort of degenerate that didn't really free the slaves. That Christopher Columbus really didn't discover America. That some Afri- some African chieftain discovered America. Don't you think oh, there are a lot of other things going down besides education? Education is important. That have kind of brought this country down. You know, you see the filth that's on TV. You see the pornography that children are exposed to and adults, quite frankly, as well, all the time, nonstop. Um, the destruction of the family. I mean, all these things, drugs everywhere. I mean, there's there, it's I can't put this all at the feet of the I can't put this all on the schools. Anyway, that's how that I, education is just some, it, one, it, of the, it, one it, of the it, things. Yeah, one of the things. Sal, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um yeah, there's a lot going on coming, coming all at once. And it can feel, it can feel overwhelming. I will say again, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, you know, just when you think all hope is lost or you're totally, um, you get into that Bible and tell you, it tells you the right thing at the right time and it tells you what you need to know. That is like a, it's a living, breathing document. It's, it's the, the word of God and it's, uh, Charles Stanley Light Principles Bible, folks. You will never, ever, ever go wrong. Uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. It's, uh, the, the fake news is uh, still fake. They call this right now on MSNBC breaking news. Trump indicted in Georgia 
for efforts to overturn election. Breaking news, breaking news. Now, that damn thing, that indictment came out uh, 13 hours ago. Is it still breaking news? What does breaking news actually mean? Breaking news, where does it come from? Um, in the olden days, uh, when they had to make the uh, metal plate for the newspaper, you know, they had to arrange a, 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 a like a stamp that they would put in ink, the metal plate. It had to be arranged, and they had letters, and you know they would they would make the whole page in metal, and then it would be ready to go, and it would it'd be fused, and it would be one piece. It, but if the news changed, they'd have to take it off and break it and rearrange it. Right? Breaking news. You got to get rid of your old plan and do the new plan. You take it all down and you do something else. Breaking news. It's not breaking news anymore. All right. They were planning to do this all, all, all night long, all day long. They had a heads up about this for months ahead of time. <laughs> anyway, breaking news. So the fire in Maui is really strange. And Joe Biden's uh, response at first, I just thought it was outrageously unsympathetic and rude and selfish the way he smiled. You know, do you care to comment about Maui and the rising death toll? No comment. And then that big, stupid uh, smile that he somehow thinks is a winning smile, right? Breaks into a big grin. And I saw him a little while ago leaving uh, the White House, and they ask him again, and he, he doesn't answer. He just keeps walking. He looks, and he, he, he he's, it looks like he hears it, but he just keeps walking. Now I'm thinking um, this fire is more suspicious than I even thought initially. I've been looking at videos online, and they're showing things like, okay, that whole town is incinerated, but notice the streets. The streets are not. Like the the fire jumped from this block to that block, but somehow the street is fine. Somehow the trees did not catch fire. Some of the trees that, you know, right, they would be burned to a crisp. Some of the trees are fine, and that's pretty weird, right? I've never seen vehicles engulfed like that in flames have you i mean that doesn't that look like a volcano like like an apocalyptic volcano that doesn't look like a forest fire i've never seen that so i don't know do we have the whole story here or what i don't i i i just i don't know i at first when this story broke i noticed right away they weren't saying how the damn fire started I mean, there wasn't even a theory. They were just talking about it like, you know, it just, I don't know. They it just, no, nobody said anything about how the fire started, which was weird. Now they're saying power lines. They finally got around to power lines. You know, they say something, even if they don't know, they say they're investigating or it's, they think it's suspicious or they think it's a uh, far, you know, I, I don't know. They say something. It was just so conspicuously absent and strange. And I've got a bad feeling about this. I don't think we're being told um, everything. I know we're not being told everything. I mean, we see it every day from this administration. We also see this. They keep trying to remind us somehow that political is bad. Political is bad. I played that soundbite yesterday of some FBI lawyer boasting about how apolitical the FBI is. 40,000 people work there. One is a political appointee. One. That means we only have, the people have appointed, the people have created just one person to run 40,000. Who do those other 40,000 report to? They don't report to us, and that's a very, very, I'd even say existential problem. Greg Kelly. 
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, this is an item. Uh, this is real. You remember Black Lives Matter, how that was just uh, glorified and celebrated and the cops were demonized. And, um, you know, there was definitely a, um, a hands-off approach after a while. And they wanted cops to kind of let this continue. D.C. selectively enforced defacement laws against BLM, pro-life group, federal appeals court rules. Uh, a federal appeals court has ruled in Washington, D.C., uh, that the government selectively enforced their laws depending on who was breaking them. Huh. City authorities in Washington treated pro-life protesters much more harshly than they treated Black Lives Matter protesters, according to the court. In the summer of 2020, thousands of protesters flooded the streets uh, in the District of Columbia to proclaim Black Lives Matter. Over several weeks, the protesters covered streets, sidewalks, and storefronts with paint and chalk. The markings were ubiquitous and in open violation of the district's defacement ordinance, yet none of the protesters were arrested. And they point out that uh, another group, they were going around writing, Black Preborn Lives Matter. And they were busted right away. They wrote it with chalk on the sidewalk, and the cops locked them up. Wow. Wow. What a breath of fresh air. The federal appeals court recognized this injustice. I love it. Man, we've been waiting for something like that. It's true to see it in black and white. You know, we're out there yelling, screaming our heads off on talk radio. You know, we're just a, and, um, writing those letters, but for a judge to sit down and write these words. A federal appeals court judge. That's a major, major, major victory for common sense and sanity. Sanity. Not insanity. Sanity. Sanity. All right. It was all over the place. And you could do it, right? Even Mayor de Blasio was doing it right in the middle of the street. But the moment you write something pro-life with chalk, which I think you can erase with a hose. You don't have to do anything more than that. Uh, wow. Huh. All right. Stay tuned for that. Also, 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 I have, ooh, Chuck Schumer is warning Mr. Trump and his supporters to allow the legal process to proceed without outside interference because, you know, about us, we're just a bunch of MAGA insurrectionists and who knows what we'll do, right, Chuck? Huh. You know, all the security, all that talk, all the, you know, it's, it's all to kind of besmirch, tarnish, uh, Donald Trump supporters. Who Judge Ludig, I mean, I think I could sue him for defamation. What did he say I am? He says I'm a clear and present danger to democracy. Why? Well, how, how could that possibly be? I love the Constitution. Do you? <laughs> I don't think so, actually. I mean, I don't think Chuck Schumer does when he, when he talks like this. This, what you're about to hear, is illegal. A thousand times more legal, illegal than anything Donald Trump has ever done in his entire life. This is a genuine crime. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I'll never get that'll never get old somehow. I mean, it's infuriating warning that guy. And I'm quite frankly now worried about Kavanaugh. You know, I really am. 
And uh, that 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 protest that actually did a real number on his head, on his noggin. He's understandably and justifiably concerned for his family, and I think he rules in a way because he does not want another mob showing up on that front lawn ever again. And he's got to think about his family's security. I think they should move him to an undisclosed location or maybe to a military base. Uh, what happened was totally against the law. You're not allowed to do that. But the, uh, talk about selective enforcement of the law. That's selective enforcement of the law. All right. Where's Joe Biden? Uh, oh, can I just do this one more thing? First of all, we got to hear from Dershowitz. I think he's the best guy in the world on this stuff. Cut eight, please. Cut eight. Alan Dershowitz, professor from Harvard Law School. What Trump is essentially being charged with is contesting an election. I contested the election of 2000. I was one of the lawyers for the Palm Beach voters who contested the butterfly ballot. And the way you contest an election is you put up a slate of alternate electors, and then either Congress or the courts decide which slate to count. That's the appropriate way to do it. They're not fake electors. They're alternate electors. They're not fake electors. Of course they're not. They're fake electors in the minds only of people who want to use that kind of word to, to, uh, you know, color the situation. But uh, that's the way you challenge elections. And, you know, if you can prove specific perjury or specific forgery, okay, that's one thing. But what they seem to be charging here is just a replica of what's charged in the District of Columbia. Wow. Well, Alan Dershowitz is an American icon. He's not afraid. Uh, very few people like that, though. There are lawyers out there. They have totally uh, they've made it so difficult for good lawyers to join forces with President Trump. Big law firms, um, I think in their heart of hearts, they would love this. It's got you know the potential to make a lot of money to gain a lot of fame, quite frankly, that sometimes motivates people. Um, but society right now has so, uh, not not people, but like you know, those who pull the strings, the levers of power, they've made Trump toxic. Now, he's not toxic. This is artificial. But a lot of good lawyers are afraid to work for Donald Trump because it's going to do something to their um, their business, their reputation. Um, you know, Rudy Giuliani, he's lost so much, but <laughs> he's gained the world. He's gained my respect. I mean, he's always had my respect, but now this guy, and actually he has no regrets. He's indicted in this dumb document and uh, for making phone calls, for leaving voicemails, literally for leaving voice messages. There he is uh, on Sid and Friends this morning. Cut five, please. Rudy Giuliani. Given the chance... To not crawl into bed with Donald Trump. Would you do it all over again? I, there's no doubt about it. I, for, first of all, I don't, I don't know that I ever think that way. You know, like you could go back. You've got to deal with what, what you did or they did and, uh, and you've got to deal with the situation you're in. Uh, but even that, even though you try to act that way, you always go back and say, would I, should I? Yeah, I think I am honored to be involved in this because I feel like I'm helping my country. And I feel like we are in a terrible crisis, much greater than the vast majority of people realize. I don't think we're fighting off some form of fascism or communism. I think we're living it. Yeah. Wow. Rudy, great. No regrets. No regrets. I mean, he's an ally. He's a friend. They've been friends for decades. 
And I, I, I don't know. I don't get, it. I don't see what's not to like. I don't see what the problem is. I really don't. I mean, I do understand people who are upset by the tweets or don't like his manner and that kind of thing. And if you really want to write somebody off based on the superficial, okay, you can do that. People can do that. But, uh, apart from that, I don't really understand. I don't understand Trump derangement. Well, I guess I kind of do. I guess I kind of do. It just, they can't see beyond it. They just can't. I think they envy him. There's a lot of envy and jealousy. I mean, Hillary and, 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 and professional politicians and people in the media jealous of him. This guy gets to, and they're reminded each time he has to show up for an arraignment to get arrested. They're reminded of all the stuff he has and they hate that. This guy was a big shot apart from politics. He didn't become president to get a plane, to get a helicopter. He had all that stuff when he was 35 years old. Anyway, is this a crime? It's not. These phone calls to various election officials in Georgia, we're still allowed. This is still America, and you can pick up the phone and yell and scream all you want. And he's not even yelling and screaming. This is perfectly reasonable. Cut seven, please. we got a big chunk of phone calls here. Cut seven. They are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard. And they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. You know, 17 counts in this thing are about that phone call. 17 of what you just heard. Now, I mean, that's not the only part. It goes on for a while. And now, does it get more incriminating? Is it at all incriminating? I don't see it. I don't see it in a million years. I don't see it. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I don't think the election was legit. It's okay. I do accept the results. Finally, Joe Biden filled out the paperwork. He's the president of the United States. Did he get, did he get more votes, genuine votes? Um, I don't think so. Remember, Joe Biden, <laughs> no president in history has ever gotten 74 million votes and lost. All right. That's the more votes than anybody else. Joe Biden, 80 something million. No. And Bernie Carrick will tell you, I mean, the stuff that they found, dynamite stuff, people are like, well, he didn't pres- where where does he present it? If the ju- if the judicial system would not accept it and the standing and all that stuff. All right. Let me hear the next clip, please. What Trump is essentially being charged. No, no, with no, 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 no. The next clip from that phone uh, montage, the next, yeah, let's just skip down to the next one, because the next, in that clip, he's going to talk to Raffensperger, Secretary of State Raffensperger from Georgia, and he is convinced that the election was fine. Um, Very duplicitous man. I caught him lying in his own book, actually. I caught him lying in his own book. It's fascinating. Um, These people... They don't necessarily remember what they wrote and they get the ghostwriter and they're talking to the ghostwriter and they, you know, maybe they lie to the ghostwriter and then they tell the truth for a little while and then they go back to lying to the ghostwriter. And so this guy lies a couple of times in the book. Uh, but the next clip, please. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I no, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have. You don't have. Not even close. You got, you're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. What's the problem? You know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. 
and and you know you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyers. That's a big risk. But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can. Stop it right there. Both of which. You know, that's the part that they say he's threatening them. He's threatening these guys. That's a big risk, Ryan. That's a big risk. That's a criminal. It's a criminal thing. I could warn somebody, hey, that's a crime if you drive like that. You're you're committing a crime right now, I believe. I mean, that's not a crime. People have feelings like that all the time. And the other thing nobody ever gave him credit for, you know, the president, he has no evidence. He has no basis for that. Presidents have a lot of information streams that regular people don't have. You know, he's the president. He's hearing things that not everybody else hears. You know, Brad Raffensperger may not be getting all of the intelligence that the president of the United States gets, right? Is that reasonable? Keep going. Criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find... uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we want the state. I love it. (laughs) I want to find 11. He wants to, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Throwing, Throwing him in jail for that and Rudy's voicemails. Get a life. It's not going to happen. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, my baby is very, very popular. Every time I post something uh, on social media or uh, we play a little clip of baby talk, we'll be doing that in just a moment or two. I had a a lengthy conversation with my three-year-old and uh, my one-year-old can't quite talk yet. Although when something bad happens during a cartoon, she says, oh, no, which I love. I absolutely love it when that happens. And uh, getting along a little bit better with her older sister. That's very, very nice. Uh, let's see here. Where were we? Viviana, hello. Hi, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had, I wanted to first thank you for reminding people to go to the scriptures the Life Principles Bible, and that that would help people as they're dealing with all of the things that they're seeing. I wanted to ask you, Greg, I'm, I, I think uh, was uh, the special counsel, I believe, is not supposed to be chosen from any employee of the Justice Department. You're abza- um, absolutely you- right. I uh, And that's the first thing I thought on Friday. The uh, let me see it. I tweeted it. I got the rule right here. It says uh, it says right there in the in the guidelines. I guess they can blow off guidelines. They don't care. Is the media going to call them out? Is the you know? Let's see here. Qualifications to be a special counsel six hundred point three. The special counsel shall be selected from outside the United States government. I mean, right there. And this guy Weiss has made all kinds of mistakes, and people are you know, he's he's in he's been his integrity's been questioned. By those IRS whistleblowers. So this is insane, but it's um, they can get away with it. Who's going to stop them? They just did it. Terrible. A comment, Greg? Yes. Um, that the House should then reject 
the choice of special counsel and steam ahead with their investigation. It looks like they don't want to um, uh, abide by the law. So why should the House interrupt their productive investigation to accept the special counsel? Well, they don't have to interrupt their investigation. Look, I don't want to come off like some expert on uh, Capitol Hill, but they can do their own thing. They have no power to stop this. This is an executive branch appointment. It does not require Senate or congressional approval. Uh, the only thing that he can do, and it's very experimental, not experimental, but it's they can find a way to defund this guy to actually stop the appropriation. But it's complicated and it probably won't work. So uh, they can't do it's still full steam ahead with their own investigation. And remember, David Weiss, they always love to say he's Trump appointed. The guys who actually came up with his name are the Democrat senators, Chris Coons and Tom Carper. And you can look it up. I've shown it before that they actually came up with this name and submitted it to the Trump White House. And Trump, being a gentleman and as a courtesy, went along with it. But when every time they say Trump uh, Trump appointed, they are playing a game, Viviana. All else is good with you? He's an infiltrator. So far, so good. The summer's going too fast, of course, and I'm hoping to get a little bit of time away with my husband. But, um, you know, this situation in New York is, is really killing me. We had the safest um, uh, city. We had the one that was managed well. And we had a homeless problem, but this is really topping it. And um, I'm telling you, we should vote all of these people that are supporting bail reform. We should vote them out of office. It is serious time for us to say New York is not a sanctuary city anymore. Well, I'm so I'm, I'm so glad you're saying this, and you live in Brooklyn. <laughs> you can do it. You can make the change, Viviana. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Speaker. This is Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. We're calling you together because we'd like to discuss, obviously, the election. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Speaker. Uh, this is Jenna Ellis, and I'm here with Mayor uh, Giuliani. Hey, Brian. It's Rudy. I really have something important to call to your attention that I think really changes things. Wow. What criminal behavior. Can you believe that? Rudy Giuliani left a, I'm sorry, Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani left a voicemail message. He is uh, the indicted Rudy Giuliani uh, all over this indictment. Uh, he is accused. Uh, but you know what, Mr. Giuliani, Mr. Mayor, this should be, I hope you feel this is a badge of honor. Uh, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. In fact, I, you couldn't have said it better. I'm glad I'm number one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, I feel honored to be next to uh, one of our greatest presidents. I mean, you know what? Seriously, right? I, this is... Look, you prosecuted a lot of cases. Um, you know what what Rico is. I'm you know better what better than anyone. And <laughs> so, I want you to. I know it's probably impossible, but try to be a little bit objective here. Looking at this thing as a lawyer, I know, <laughs> you know, just grade it as a lawyer. What, what do you make of this indictment? Uh, time for disbarment. Wow. Uh, first of all, uh, should have all happened when they filed the indictment before the indictment was voted. Now, don't let them lie to you. That's what happened. I looked at it very carefully. It was given to me, and I was told this was a mistake. I immediately looked in the two key places uh, 
because that's the form that actually files an indictment, not terribly different than in the Southern District. I've seen a thousand of them. It had two things in it that means it was filed. It had a date, it had a time, and it said filed. That indictment was filed at 12.07 yesterday. How about it was voted at 8 o'clock at night? So let me just ask you, is that like, I mean, when I heard that, and I've never created one of these things, do you guys, back in the day, did you really get the grand jury to vote and then go to work on the indictment? Because from what I hear, it's very easy to indict somebody. You always know you can get an indictment and get them to vote one way. It would be practical, forget about this case, just practical to write up the indictment because you know they're going to vote your way. You're saying that's not done? If you're a sloppy, unethical, lazy lawyer. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, does it happen? If it happened in my office, you'd be fired. Wow. As it, as it would have with Bob Morgenthau in two seconds. As it would have with any ethical prosecutor. Uh, of course the grand jury is going to follow the, the district attorney. By and large, he should. They should most of the time. But that doesn't mean you make them I mean, take it to the extreme of making them into a rubber stamp is to disrespect the process completely. And second, what, what you would never do is file the indictment before they voted it. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, even with the ham sandwich thing, you get a grand jury. We call them a runaway grand jury. I've had assistants walk into my office and say, boss, they didn't vote the damn indictment. And then we go over what went wrong. All right. Let me ask you, though. What are you going to do next? I mean, are you supposed to turn yourself in? I, I heard do. Friday I, by noon. What's the plan? Well, I, I'll pick a day next week, try to work out the conditions of bail, because there has to be bail. I imagine uh, it's kind of silly for me to have bail. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I showed up there voluntarily and testified. <laughs> I also showed up there uh, for hearings and... I've showed up every place I've ever been asked to show up. So if they really need bail on me, you, you know it's just punitive. But in any event, they'll want bail, uh, and I'll give it to them. And I'm anxious to fight this case. Can first I say thing, one thing that's thing, really... thing we should do is dismiss the indictment because it's improperly filed. And number two, we should move for removal under 28 U.S.C. Section 1442. Ooh. This case uh, uh, should pretty much be automatically removed to federal court. The federal statutes say that when you, when you indict a, uh, someone for things they did in federal office or things that, for example, I did as an agent for someone in federal office, it should be removed to the federal court. And it's liberally construed. In other words, it's construed in favor of doing it as often as possible. So this should be removed and get it out of the hands of what is actually, you know, a crooked city. A crooked democratic city. Let, let's be honest. Atlanta has for some time, with mayors going to jail, they just had some people prosecuted for graft. Uh, it's a crooked city. So let's get it the hell out of that crooked city, which is one of the reasons they tried to fix the vote there, because they could get away with it. And let's get it into a federal court where uh, we also have the benefit of a circuit court that is a heck of a lot more neutral. Okay. Well, damn, you're going next week. You're going to make the arrangements. This thing seems uh, – I'm sorry you're going through this, but, again, it's kind of cool, quite frankly. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what I mean. It's, it's <laughs> like we said a moment ago. Um, what what else is important right now? What my, else? My, my son and daughter called me very early this morning. My son is in Lithuania, 
my first response to him was, how does it feel to be in a free country? Huh. And and we laughed, and he said, are you okay, Dad? And I said, you, you know me. I woke up this morning more excited than I have in weeks. He said, why? Because i got a fight on my hands, and a justifiable one. We're going we're gonna to beat these fascists into the ground. And uh, then I talked to my daughter. She was a little more nervous, and I said, you just got to learn what your dad is like. I mean, this is what he lives for, to fight for his country. I mean... That's what I, that's why I did all those, I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that went after the mafia. I haven't changed one bit. The country's become fascist and communist. I haven't. Yeah. No, I. The same Rudy Giuliani, the same quest for justice. Gosh almighty, if Donald Trump committed a crime, love him though I do, I'd put him in jail. Do you think that the Democrats are panicking a little bit? Because I don't think they ever anticipated after four indictments, Donald Trump would be 40 points ahead in the polls and beating Joe Biden in a lot of the polls as well. Uh, I don't think they counted on that. I think they thought that this would take him out of the race, totally handicap him, and he he couldn't go on. Uh, That's not happening. So I think they're trying to come up with a plan B or I don't know. But do you you know what they do? And I think I think you you, you and I you and I have have talked about this. You and I have talked about this. They overdo it. You know, they like even January 6th, they started off with a kind of credible thing, and then they overdid it. You know, it was Pearl Harbor and the Civil War. And, and here, this thing with the indictment being filed before, you can see the skullduggery involved. And then they had to get it filed by midnight so the dates would work out right. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes as a result of that in the indictment, which I'm not going to tell you now, but they're drastic. Really? And the, and the fact that they don't realize this can be removed is kind of ridiculous. But they're not the same level of prosecutor that Smith has. Uh, so I, I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. 17 defendants and you want to try it in six months? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, and they want to try them all together like they do in Egypt. You know what yeah, I mean? They I put them in a big cage. I had a 27 defendant trial against criminals, not make-believe cases like this. The Pizza Connection case. It took two and a half years. And we convicted them all. And it all got upheld on appeal. But they, like, committed real crimes. They sold drugs and they killed people. They didn't try to persuade uh, people that an election was unfair, which, by the way, it was, and it was stolen. The media are very excited that somebody on this list of defendants is going to, as they put it, flip. About what? I know exactly. Like, it's it's as if they have privy to some... To some criminal enterprise, but I mean, it's all right there. You made phone calls, which you're allowed to do in America. I do want to ask you, um, like Jenna Ellis, is she still an ally? Uh, Absolutely, Jenna. Jenna will never do anything but tell the truth. I am positive of that. I have tremendous confidence in her. When they talk about flip, that they're, they're in some kind of a never never. First of all, I don't think these guys ever prosecuted a real crime. You know, they they, they never uh, dealt with a fat Tony Salerno or a Carmine Persico. Or a Boski or a Milken. Uh, flip means to have incriminating evidence. None of these people have incriminating evidence. They almost all work for me. I know everything they know. If any of them gives incriminating evidence, they're going to be lying their backsides off like Cohen did. And look what happened to him. He got declared a uh, non useful witness. So, sure, people will flip. They'll tell the truth. He's innocent. You're in a very interesting position. You know, like the whole world is in kind of in, in chaos and everyone's talking about this indictment to the extent, you know, a lot of people, it's just background noise, too. But 
you're in the eye of the storm because you know everything. You know this case. You know what was said. It's kind of, yeah, it's a very unique place to be. Very few people know what you know, and you're right in the middle of it all. You're an expert, and they're not. People in the media, you can run circles around them all. Well, Mr. Giuliani, uh, you're the best. This is kind of okay, Rudy. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Mayor, Rudy, Mayor Rudy. what? Are you going to do your show in a little while? Of course I'm going to do my show. They can't stop me. I'm going Man. to do my show every day, and I'm going to do my my live cast every night, and going to get the American people all the things that are hidden from them. I think that's what you and I, when I look at what you and I and some of the others do, Curtis and all, we actually get them the information they don't get on all those stupid networks they have. Mm. I mean, they never cover any of this stuff. I mean, whether it's right or wrong, this is the most interesting stuff to people's lives. I mean, if we're right, our country has become some form of a fascist country. And that should be known by the people because they're going to suffer from it very, very, if they aren't suffering from it already. What about all the Catholics that are being prosecuted? Sure, FBI. Hey, Mr. Mayor, here's a suggestion, and then i got to go. But I, uh, I think it would be really cool if you could work it out and show up there with Donald Trump side by side. That would be cool. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see what the, you know, there'll be 15 lawyers with 15 different uh, 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 ideas about how to do it. Like, you know, walk in on your hands or <laughs> don't wear a suit or wear a suit. <laughs> wear, I, don't wear your red tie, Donald. Now, don't wear your red tie. <laughs> smile for the mugshot or don't smile for the mugshot. That's one you got to think about. I guess they, they, they're, oh, we're going to take a mugshot. I mean, he likes to, he likes to, he likes to do that fierce face. Yeah. I love that fierce face that he has. No, it's uh, the eye I of the like tiger. I like, I like it. It's like, yeah, exactly. It reminds me of Rocky. It's yeah. absolutely right. Mr. Mayor, amazing. An honor to talk to you today uh, and every day. So thank you, sir. An honor to be defending liberty. Keep it up, sir. We're with you, and we'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, a little baby talk, maybe? All right, so this is a conversation I had. I just love the way she sounds. I really do, and I love that I can have a conversation with her, even if it's rudimentary. She's three. Um, here we were. Um, under a, we, we had just made a little mini fort with a blanket. Go ahead. Honey. Yeah. What's going on? We're gonna... <laughs> Somebody's crying. Who? Uh, Malin is crying because... She doesn't want to take a bath. Hmm. You know, you often don't want to take a bath. Why? I don't know. Why don't you want to take a bath? Laser. Lion. Oh, a lion. A lion is your best friend? Yeah, and and it's a little lion. A little lion. What sound do they make? <laughs> All right. Very good, honey. Very good. Can you count to ten in French? But I'm doing it in English count, first. Count to three in French. No, no. first I'll count, count in English. One, two, three, four, or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, good in French. Now, no, first. She kind of does it. Oh. She's got some. Nuff. Nuff. Dees. Nuff. All right. Dees. 
She's a little bit like that girl in The Godfather. I know English. Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Remember? Remember when she was Apollonia? When she was getting lessons on on how to speak English. All right. Anything else other than this this hideous indictment? Wasn't that amazing to hear Rudy Giuliani and his, his attitude about all this stuff? So upbeat. And this is the most important work of his life. Uh, even more than when he was uh, mayor of this city. Barbara, hello. Hi, Fred. It was wonderful to hear you talk to the mayor and wonderful to hear his comments about his attitude and how he's ready for this fight and that he is fighting for liberty. Because what we're seeing now is the enemies of our liberty in different states in this country cloaking their tyranny in a version of twisted and fake justice in order to deceive the American people and to hurt the protectors of our liberties. That's what's going on. That is what's going on, and it's it's very strange. How do you feel overall? You have a really good sense of things overall. Are you sad? Are you excited? Are you angry? Uh, how, how would you how, how would you sum yourself up right now? I, w- I would say that yes, I'm I'm angry. I am angry, and and also I am disappointed with myself and my fellow Americans because for too long we have coasted and we have ridden the freedom that was purchased for us so dearly by generations before us, and our founders warned us that if we did not elect men and did not pay attention to our representatives in Congress, we would have exactly what we have now. We would have people who dishonor their stations at every level. That's what we have now. Mm, It sure is. It sure is. And, wow, I mean, they got their man, don't they, the Democrats? Uh, How fitting that Joe Biden is the president at this moment. This morally bankrupt fool. somehow became president of the United States. Um, it is insane. Ronald Reagan saw right through this guy. America did. All the way back in 1987, his career should have been finished. The people of Delaware should have uh, recalled him or certainly not reelected him. Delaware. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Delaware. It's a county. Smaller than Suffolk County. Fewer people than Suffolk County. All right, Barbara, thank you for the uh, continued inspiration Julie, uh, you're in Staten Island, yes. Oh, hi, Greg. Uh, so cute to hear you, little girl. She's adorable. <laughs> I love listening to her. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm glad to hear Rudy is uh, upbeat because I have to tell you, I was so depressed uh, yesterday listening to all this stuff going on. None of this that I, that is going on could be happening if the press would only do their job, Greg. Uh, they're covering up all the truth and just spewing out all the lies. And they, you know, if they really did their job, they could have reminded, none of this stuff is illegal that they're charging Trump or Giuliani with. Giuliani's his lawyer. What happened to lawyer, client, client lawyer privilege? What happened to that? You're stamping, stepping all over what used to be guarded, something that they could have, you know, freedom to uh, do justice to their client. Now, now you can't even fight for your client. Uh, they forget about what Al Gore did 
in 2000, he fought like tooth and nail. He insisted he won that election against Bush. He did the same thing that Trump wanted to do, just just find votes that I have that were legal. Mm. You know, because he knew, come on, I watched it the night before. You saw them close it down on One America News. They showed the cameras. They took illegal votes out from underneath their, their, their tables and started counting them for Biden. I mean, Trump was way ahead in Pennsylvania. Long story, I don't want to rehash all of that, but Trump knew deep down. They stole it in a number of states. Georgia was one of them. So why doesn't he have the right to fight that? Uh, you have the right. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, I think he had that sense. And you know what? You can go off your intuition. You can. And uh, my intuition tells me the same thing. Now, a lot of that stuff, I, I, I will be honest with you. I can't prove it. I can't prove it. I'm not an expert. I'm not a technocrat in that area. I don't. I personally can't prove it. Um, but we never had a full-fledged investigation, did we? And and the only people looking into it aggressively uh, Rudy Giuliani and, and Bernie Carrick, limited budget, no staff, and no subpoena power. What will we find out uh, when when some major league heavy hitters join the fight? You know, like uh, John Laurel wants to litigate all this stuff, investigate, discovery. He wants to he wants to subpoena things. He wants to look at the he wants to look at data. He wants to look at ballots and. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited about all that. We deserve we deserve that. Thank you so much. You know, for a long time it was like, oh gosh, you can't even talk about it. It's just uh, no, 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 no. Well, screw that. This is still America, ma'am, as my friend Tatiana Ibrahim said. Uh, Diego, uh, anything I should know before we sign off? You and Rich, everything good? Everything's good with us. How about how are you? <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. I do have to say this about the baby clip. Um, there's a woman who sent me a bunch of books. She used to work for Penguin, and unfortunately, I lost her letter. It was a beautiful letter, and she sent me a little beautiful kind of um, a souvenir, and um, I, I, I lost it. I feel terrible. I got these big books. Uh, uh, you know, from like I got Catch Twenty Two by Joseph Heller and Her- Herman Wauk or somebody, and just these real good classic tomes and a beautiful letter. So, if you're listening out there, the lady who used to work at Penguin Books, um, thank you so much for your kind words. If you want to drop me another note, I'll be sure to not lose that one. And uh, thanks so much. See you all later.